listening to AM 1490, WWPR, Bradenton, Sarasota, Tampa Bay. Shut up and sit down. Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. We're back on the air. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. With your host, Chance Hancock. And with his faithful sidekick and co-host, Jesse J. What's going on, bro? Nothing, just trying to find the things, you know. Trying to find things? <laughs> trying to find the things to do the things? Yeah, I uh, woke up. I uh, took a Always nap. Always a good start. Yeah. yeah, I took a nap after uh, work today because, you know, get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to work and... uh Woke up with a hangover without the drinking part, so. <laughs> oh. Hopefully in the near future we won't be having to worry about that anymore. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Yeah, yeah we can't, really can't get into detail about it yet, but we just, uh, we got things. Stop talking about it, we bro. Got things, we got things going on. That's all I'm saying. We just Shut got up. things going on. You know, there's there's things and things. I just realized I can uh, Google on the computer. <laughs> Please do not screw anything up. No, 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 no. I'm not screwing anything up. Okay. Instead of looking at my phone, I can just type it on here and be all like professional and stuff, you know, yeah, instead of being stupid. Just don't go in any uh, bad sites on there. Why would it? Well, we don't need one. We don't, I'm going to need you to have some trust, bro. One, we don't need a virus on computers and, you know, here at the station. Well, apparently they have no malware protection because that keeps popping up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, two, we don't need that all of a sudden going live over the air either. Yeah. We already we already come close well, to that's turn, Well, that's turned down. What's turned down? The computer. The computer. I got that part. You, you okay. just stay over there on the I'll pink mic. Checking, All right, man. you stay on the pink mic. I'm I'll stay on the blue light. Blue Why mic am I always on the pink mic? Because you like pink. It's special. So, anyways, today we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories, and with some of these, they're going to be conspiracy fact. Let that sink in. Bum bum bum. Conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy fact. Um, we. We. For another reason or so. Um, no. All right. So we got a lot of things that are going on in the very near future. Uh, I won't be getting into detail about, but all I can say is you guys will be finding out on social media. Um, this show has taken a very broad turn in a very good way. Also, there are a lot of things that are being built, being constructed, being tangibly accessible to everyone that will be coming up in the near future. Are we selling drugs? Is that what is that what happened? You will be able to touch us. No, I'm kidding. Do it now. No, you just took it in a different direction. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> You're the one talking about selling drugs, but no. You said it was something tangible and accessible. <laughs> so I mean, well, if you could touch me, I guess I would be tangible too. So there you go. Because I'm real. I'm a real boy. If you say so. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I really hate it, man. Because the simple fact that yes, we. I know that weekly on this show, we joke around a lot with a lot of the different things that we do or talk about, um, and sometimes it may seem we may not even take it all that serious. Um, that's where you're right. Uh, but the main <laughs> thing is is that we do want to bring forth a good show. Uh, we do want to make sure we're giving you, the listening audience, some great information in the paranormal world. And with the paranormal, that doesn't always – a lot of people automatically assume that means ghost hunting. No. It means anything about Bigfoot, about aliens, about secret societies, conspiracy theories, so on and so forth. Anything above the norm is what paranormal means by definition, and those things fall right in that category. Um, however, in the same token, this is me and Jesse's radio show that we can talk about whatever we feel like, too. <laughs> so there are times we may go right off on a tangent, or we may have a guest on that has absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal. I think all of that goes without saying, really, because we do it on a regular basis. Which is very true. But some of the people we may be bringing on in the near future, we're looking at some musical guests that may be coming on. And these are very well-known musical guests that you're aware of. Uh, actors, producers, authors, all kinds of good stuff. Um, but at the same token... We have had to do a little bit of easier shows, per se, to put out. You know, Because I want the audience to really understand us and where we're coming from. That, yes, we do focus on Paraprobe and putting on a good show for you guys. But at the same time, we are a little lax now 
and in the recent, like, uh, about a month and a half now, because we have been working on some very, very uh, serious things and, and bigger things to come for everybody. So yeah, know. and it's it, it's it's been a chore, and we yeah. don't really like it, to talk about things until they actually come to fruition. Like I exactly, I don't even like. This is stupid, but I don't like even telling my wife things until like it's a definite thing. Because then it's just like, all right, well, uh, don't get too you know hopeful about something. Make sure <laughs> I you may don't be leaving you, but I'm not sure. <laughs> is that what you mean? Or no, no, oh, okay, no. just checking. No. So. Yep. But like I was saying, I mean, we do have a lot of things coming up in the near future uh, that we will be talking about. One of them has already come to fruition uh, that we'll be talking about in the near future. Blast it. Oh, I see what you're doing. What am I doing? You're looking up songs for the end of the show. Yeah, I'm always doing that. You're already planning on ending the show, and we've only been on air for like five minutes. I always do that. That way I don't have to think about it. Alrighty. So with Right? That, who that is? I don't know. Who is that? It's Blue. Hey, Blue! Blue's working out in the office. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Blue or this place is haunted. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Blue should not be a ghost yet. It's not time. Or somebody broke in and they're just in there doing paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Somebody broke in and started doing paperwork. <laughs> so, yes, we do have a lot of things coming up in the very near future we will be putting out. Uh, but we're going to be doing the best of our ability to still bring you guys a good show at the same time. You know, we don't want to let the, the show fall to the wayside. Um, so, like I said, we are working on booking guests right now for the near future. Uh, we are going to be reaching out to paranormal teens, too. It's not going to be just celebrities. We want to talk to you, our listening audience. Uh, we want to do some shows where you could just call in and share your paranormal experience you may have had, whether it been maybe a near-death experience or maybe, uh, who knows, you saw a UFO, been abducted, been probed. Um, probed. And, and I don't mean on, like on a Saturday night tequila band. <laughs> I mean like from an alien or something. Um, and then we would like to talk to people about their haunted experience. You know, I mean, uh, we, a lot of people I've been noticing lately in the genre of like what we talk about on air, they, all they do is they'll, they'll talk to like somebody that's a, a past celebrity from a TV show and they keep talking to the same people in circles over and over and over again. And I don't know what their plan is or where they're going with that, but that seems to be the norm, it seems like. on a, And I'm not saying all of them, don't get me wrong, just saying a few of the shows I've noticed. Um, but we want to listen to the people, you know, and talk to you that actually listen to our show. You know, so we will be uh, reaching out publicly, you know, and saying, hey, this week we're going to be talking about this topic. You know, we want you guys to call in. And trust me, you're talking to two guys who investigate hauntings. We're not going to be laughing at what you call us with. We it, talk to imaginary people. There you go. Who may or may not be there. Who may or may not exist. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, for our listening audience out there, we don't want people to think that because they know, okay, I know that I have a little bit of notoriety from the old show that I used to be on, that, yes, I used to um, pick on people, uh, for lack of a better term. Um and, yeah, I was well known for that. But, no, this show, we, we want you to talk. We want to listen to you, and we're not going to call you crazy unless you're crazy. No, so. we're saving that for the uh, uncensored version that we're thinking about starting if everything goes right. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that'll be a special, like, show, like, maybe once a week or once a month or once every couple of weeks, whatever. You yeah, know, we'll, yeah. like, render everything down and uh, talk some smack, <laughs> tell you what you things. Really, yeah, <laughs> tell you what we really think. No, no, no. Might be a little bit of whiskey involved. We'll see. This is true. Get our, uh, what is that? Uh, Ron, Ron White on. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love Ron White, man. Uh, Great comedian. Ridiculous and, uh, comedian. <laughs> oh, too. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard him, I was uh, I was watching the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. That's the first time I actually, I mean, I heard of Ron White, but that's the first time I've actually listened to like one of his acts, and it was on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And I was just dying, so I started going back and finding all of his material, you know, listening to him. And yeah, the the guy is hilarious. I I, I definitely love Ron White. I forgot who introduced me to him, but uh, it yeah. was one of those things. Never heard of him, you know. Don't like, didn't really like until like I met you. Mm -hmm. I never really binge watched much of anything. Like, it, <laughs> wife does it all the time, all the time. Binge yeah. watches this, that, and the other. She's ahead on things that I haven't even thought of yet. But, but like, that's because she's a woman. They yeah. usually are. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> it could be two men and two women in one room, and the men are still outnumbered. So there you go. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, bro. Very much so. Um, yeah, I, I think the CIA was probably deep-seated created by a woman that we just never knew about because 
she thought her husband was cheating on her, and hence, CIA was created. So. Dude, honestly, that would be the most clever mess ever. Mm-hmm. That, like, hey, you know, back when, uh, quote-unquote, women weren't allowed to do much of anything, you know, a woman creates a CIA, puts her husband in charge of it, quote-unquote, in charge. Pulling the strings. <laughs> Pulling the strings from the shadows, That's doing some right. serious CIA stuff. We just created a conspiracy theory <laughs> for all of you to spread that a woman who thought she was getting scorned by her husband from another woman created the CIA. I mean, for real. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, so speaking down to business. Con- think, you know, speaking of conspiracy theories. So the topic of the first conspiracy theory I want to talk about is going to be something that I guarantee you never saw coming. And saw, being part of the pun intended, is light bulbs. And Jesse, I know you're giving me this crazy look. Yeah, no, I, I just, you, <laughs> you just. This is a conspiracy theory. You tripped the breaker, bro. <laughs> that became a conspiracy fact, just to let you know. All right, so, all right, basically a light bulb, for lack of a, you know, to make this as dummy down as I possibly can. All it is, a glass bulb that's in a vacuum that has a piece of material that loops up that when you heat it up, it starts to glow from the heat. All right. Now, believe it or not, with light bulbs, here's the thing. Light bulbs back in the day, when you actually turned them on, they produced more heat than light. Um, it was like 95% heat to only 5% light. And then that's when they turned around and created the glass bulb in order to cause the vacuum so it wouldn't be able to interact and cause more heat. So they actually glowed more. So it wouldn't catch on fire. Exactly. <laughs> Not catch on fire and burn your house down. You know, or burn the light bulb out even faster. The first light bulb that actually was created by Edison. Now he didn't create the first light bulb, but he created the first one with the you know, with the material, which was actually cotton. It was a cotton thread he used. It glowed for fourteen hours. That was the max limit of a light bulb back in the day. Now, here's where it gets a little crazier. Alright, so in 1840, Warren Del Aru put the element in glass to cause a vacuum and lower the heat. By 1920s, the bulbs lasted on average about 2,500 hours. Now, here's the kicker. Even back in the 1920s, they were working on a way to make a light bulb more extended for lifetime, to last longer. Yeah. Problem was, all your big companies, big tech, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, realize that, well, if we make a light bulb that can last much, much longer, we're not going to be selling as many light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually had came up with a point. There, There's a light bulb right now that's actually in a, a firehouse, um, that you know, which is where the firemen you know, stage up at. Really? Yeah, you not, ha- not you, a house you, on fire. You explained a firehouse? Because some people probably wouldn't know. No. They no. used to be saying fire department. So I wanted, I wanted to clarify. So anyways, this light bulb has over a million hours of burn time to this day and still has not burnt out. They only put about maybe four watts of power through it, but it glows continuous 24-7. they got cameras on it waiting for it to burn out. What? Yeah. But here's what happened. What happened was? What happened was, in Geneva, Switzerland, in 1924 at Christmas, top executives from Philips, GE, Tokyo's Electric, and Germany's Osram, and... UK's AEI formed the Phoebus Cartel. Do you know who Phoebus is? Uh, Phoebus is a Pokemon. Phoebus <laughs> is the Greek god of light. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's how they, they came up with this group. Now, this is actually true. This is not a... It was a conspiracy theory that they found out through time actually is true, so it became a conspiracy fact. So in Geneva, Switzerland in 1924, the heads of all these companies, they got together, all agreed to only make light bulbs that would only burn for a thousand hours max. What? Yep. Every mm. company ships sample bulbs to be tested at a non-disclosed location. Okay. So uh, GE, Tokyo Electric, you know, uh, Ost- or it's called Ostram from Germany, uh, the UK's AEI, all of them got together and created this little secret cartel in Switzerland back in 1924, and said, you know what? If we create a bulb that could last for, you know. Ever? Yeah, pretty much forever. <laughs> we're only going to sell so many of them, we're all going to go broke. So they wanted to cre- you know, keep the consumers going. Well, that's like the cars nowadays. Because, I mean... I'm getting I, up to that part. Oh, my God. See, you can't you can't pick things like this where I'm going to be able to jump ahead. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Actually, go ahead. No, you, you, need, you need to... No, like, no, because I'll get more in detail, but go ahead. 
No, you need to like keep me like confused <laughs> long enough we- for me not to jump ahead of you. So, but, I mean, like seriously, like I I know people with cars from like the fifties. Hell, there's a guy with a thirties car, all original. Yeah, all all original. He like replaced some hoses and a couple belts or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but pretty much all original. Still runs because he took care of it. Nowadays, except for like Toyota, knock on wood, because I drive one. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> actually, we just crossed over a hundred thousand miles. Nice. <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, you literally see cars broken down like Ford. Oh yeah. Not knocking Ford or anything, because like they make a lot of cool but stuff. No, but it's true. But um, one of my coworkers has a Ford Fusion, and he has literally had nothing but problems with it. It's oh, got yeah. like less than fifty thousand miles. We used to have a Ford on. Escape and had nothing but problems oh, with it. Oh Overheating from the batteries. It's like, dude, yeah. we're going out here, we're buying a car, we're spending, and they're charging more for cars. You know, you can't find because a, of all the cheap electronics being thrown into them that they charge you an arm and a leg for. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then it just kind of like Apple. Oh man, you're gonna get me riled up, aren't you? Oh no, we'll be getting into Apple here in a little bit. I hate you. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, here's what happened with this little situation. So, when they all got together back in the 19, you know, 1924, and they decided that uh, that all the light bulbs would never go over a thousand hours, every company shipped sample bulbs to be tested. If they lasted longer than a thousand hours, they were fined. <laughs> this is what they all agreed to. They all agreed to it. All right. If it lasted longer than 3,000 hours, they were fined 200 Swiss francs for every 1,000 sold. And you got to imagine, they were selling millions of light bulbs back in the day, right? Still today, we sell millions of light bulbs, all right? So it may not sound like a lot of money. No, that was That's a lot back in the day. Yeah, we're talking 1924 time, right? So um, that's why we had the Great Depression. And, and when people thought that this was like a, a you know, big conspiracy and all that, Lo and behold, somebody actually found the fines that are recorded that they were receiving. What? So there were companies, GE, Philips, all of them. They were, at one time or another, had a light bulb that lasted over 3,000 hours, and they were getting fined. Now, so is this, there's recorded fines for this. Now, is this still in existence? Because they're bragging about, like, 2,500-hour no. life on them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I want that light bulb that's still yes going. Yes and no. Yes and no. And I'm getting into that. So See? All right. Skipping ahead again. That's right. So there are records of these fines. By 1934, the average span was only 1,012 hours. And the whole thing about all that is the average people, government, never knew about it. So those companies were keeping that from everybody. It was basically a, shh, we don't talk about this, but we're sending you a fine. But there were recorded fines, and they wound up digging all this up, of course, years later, you know. So yeah, they found out this all is true. So isn't that, isn't there something that can be like done about that? Isn't that like better business bureau stuff? I mean, well, in World War Two, um, pretty much that ended the cartel at that point because of all the advancements of technology, everything else that needed to be made because of World War Two happening. Uh, that pretty much ended the cartel, and we've been making advancements ever since. But yes, I am sure there's patents it's... out there for light bulbs. Like there, there is a guy right now that. Uh, they won't say his name. They basically created a light bulb that, yes, will last. Normal, and we're not talking about four watts of power. We're talking about the normal coming from your standard lamp at home that will last for, like, well over a million hours. But they won't release the patent. I wonder why. Cha-ching. Guarantee that's why. A lot of money came into I play mean, with that one. I mean, I honestly, on that note, I was listening to a podcast, a very well-known podcast. Mm-hmm. With very well-known people, with uh, talking about some stuff with the Rona, and they were talking about a similar thing going on with, you know, dollars being, yeah. Yeah. I'm addicted to conspiracy theories, people. Well, what you're asking about the whole thing, about if they're still practicing that or not, uh, there's a little thing out there, and you people out there listening can Google this, and it's called Planned Obsolescence. So check that out. My little fine feathered friend. So and wow, it's on one of the top searches on. <laughs> <coughs> so, tell us what it says. Well, here's the definition: a policy of producing consumer goods that rapidly become obsolete and so require replacing, achieved by frequent changes in design, termination of supply of spare parts, and the use of non-durable materials. Mm-hmm. And now Google mm-hmm. and see if it is legal. BBC.com. 
yes, BBC did a big story on this. And the reason why they did it is because Apple was one of the people involved with this. Well, yeah, no, they, them slowing down phone systems. That's exactly where I was going. So <laughs> back in the day, do you? Uh, well, actually, even still with iPhones, you can't replace the battery in your phone. You can't just pop it open and take the battery out and put a fresh battery in like you can with like some smartphones. Yeah, okay. no, like uh, so when iPhone and Droid, mm-hmm. Droid was a big competitor because like literally, I would my battery would die, my little Apple iPhone, and then uh, he would just like pop a new battery in, and it was like, and then had like a a portable charger because mm-hmm. like that's when they first came out or whatever for his little battery for his droid and this dude never 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 had his phone die ever like yeah. literally the droid was stuff now <laughs> everything that i'm telling you now is actually public knowledge so this isn't like we're sharing some like insider information and we're going to be chased down and blah 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 no this is all public knowledge because a lot of this stuff happened years ago but here's the thing so apple was fine for using an iOS update in 2017 that made older iPhones obsolete. The update they sent out made the phones work harder and throttled them back, and it burnt the batteries out faster. So they wound up having, in some some of the cases, it actually just shut the phone down. So all these people had to go out and buy brand new iPhones. So what happened with that was <laughs> a huge lawsuit came out. Because people found out about it from the Freedom of Information Act. And, well, let's just say they had to settle with well over hundreds of millions of dollars after that little fiasco in 2017. You read this article. Uh, yes, I did a lot of research on this. Why? Because I'm just skimming it, and I already have your list of stuff over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and so when people sit there and they wonder if whether or not, like, big tech ever does some type of secret conspiracy or maybe a little secret get together with other big businesses you know globally yeah it happens it really does and this is proof that it's been happening for a long long time this is just one of the ones that was confirmed all the way back in the 1920s imagine the policies today imagine what may be happening with ceos of like mm, facebook twitter snapchat all the social media people the social media giants you don't think they ever get together and talk? They definitely get together. The, yeah. All right, so this is a sore subject for a lot of people. But when they ban certain politicians, you know for a fact they were talking about that. Yeah. You know when they when all the uh, you know social media giants literally ban the same people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's communication there. Like, yeah. it, it's not just like oh this person is saying some crazy mess. It, no, no, there, there's literally like, hey, I yeah. blocked them. You might need to block them just to cover it, your butts. Don't yeah. get me wrong. There yeah. are some people that need to be, yes, taken off no, of social well, media. Absolutely. No, I'm not, I'm not condemning yeah. that, but like, there's definitely but, yeah, I'm just it saying is a that, newer industry, and it is something that like, but is it's, it's uncharted. not just about banning people. A lot of it has to do with what's the next step that this company's going to take? What's the next step that we're going to take? They wind up... I would I would have to say that I'd, I'd be willing to bet, and I'm not saying this part is true. I want to clarify right now. This is not a definitive thing. This is my opinion. I'm putting that out there. Opinion. That I'd be willing to bet that, yeah, that the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Facebook, you know, Data. I'm sorry. He looks like Data. He really does from Star Trek. Next oh, Generation. my God. He does. Yeah. I just now. That, what? But I'm willing to bet that they get together and they go, okay, look, here's what we're going to be doing. What are you doing? And they corner the market because social media tech is becoming bigger than your news, your news outlets and your news organizations. I'll give you a prime example. All right. Facebook alone, average amount of people on Facebook per day is into the tens of millions per day. CNN on a broadcast day only gets about maybe 890,000 people. They haven't even broke a million like this past week. What? Oh, yeah. Any other shows that even broke over a million viewing audience, all right? Well, I, uh, I had Fox. heard that, like, all the, uh, like, major, like, news media outlets have, like, had a huge loss in viewership. Oh, yeah, a lot of them. Uh, Fox News, I think their largest listening audience on one of their shows was, like, 2.1 million, all right? So, but here's the thing. More people are turning to social media for their information, and I mean that by news uh, about local things going on, 
um, everything in general. You know, because seeing, people have more contact with people in different areas, and they exactly. can go verify the BS that they see on TV to yeah. make sure, like, hey, is it really that serious there? Because, like, I do that with people all the time. Oh, yeah, Because, absolutely. you know, we're Florida. It's like, oh, my God, you got a hurricane coming. We have crazy stuff that happens every day in Florida because, you know, Florida, man. So <laughs> Yeah, no, no. It, it's but like, you know what, though? Honestly, the, I know a lot of people pick on Florida about Florida, man, but here's the thing. Please look around your local neighborhood from no matter what state you're from. Trust me, you have weird people everywhere. It ain't just Florida. I promise you. All right. So You're destroying our rep, and you need to shut up. <laughs> I, I kind of do like the rep that we are a little bit crazy because it just makes people leave us alone. <laughs> so, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, I, I guess in some aspects that is a good thing to have. So um, um, apparently through the grapevine, the tech giants – social media giants all had a meeting last week somewhere See, um, there you go but that is unconfirmed that is oh i mean uh, you know what for a listening audience just go google rothschild oh my god don't send I'm it down that rabbit hole don't send it down the rabbit hole i'm not gonna get into it oh it's terrible i'm just telling the audience just google rothschild and meetings with rothschilds Jesus. and just go from there on your own Hey, I'm gonna send you down the you're, road. You're you're gonna you're gonna literally make people schizophrenic. <laughs> like you, I you, mean, that's bad. You're making me schizophrenic half the time. <laughs> like this is okay. I, first off, I think that our listening audience is a little more intelligent than that. I'm sure that they can listen and you know and view some of this stuff on radio, on television, on the internet, whatever, and go, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, that's the thing too. Do not believe everything you see on the internet, the news, whatever. Because trust me, we're humans who do all this stuff, and we're all fallible. We can make mistakes, and some of those mistakes are not mistakes. They're done on purpose, all right? So let's just leave there, it at that. So there is an old proverb. I don't know. I don't remember where it's from. It could be – I don't know. I had a couple of uh, teachers from Africa when I was in school, so like it could be from them because they had a lot, and they were very brilliant. But uh said you have two eyes, two ears, one mouth. Observe and listen twice as much as you speak. And a lot of, like, mm-hmm. this have-to-be-first reporting has totally, like, negated that. It's like oh, yeah. we're, they're, they're talking as much twice as much as they're listening and hearing. Yeah, and, and they're rushing to be the first one to get it out there without validating the facts first. And that, and I don't care who that is. That's every news organization. Yeah, no. it, ain't just, even, it, even, it ain't just CNN. It ain't just MSNBC or Fox. Private, all of them. Pro, quote unquote private media is what yeah, a lot of media. people yeah. are calling themselves on like YouTube now. Private reporters, they're like, yeah. they're trying to get stuff out there to get out there, just well, get it out there. They're not even like fact checking themselves, and then like two weeks later, you have a teeny tiny little video come out or a teeny tiny little section come out. It's like, yeah. oh, we were tracking that. My bad. Um, here's the other thing too. The other, the other side of it is some people just don't want to listen uh, to what they hear, whether it be conspiracy theory, because it was came from a news organization, and, and you know even if it was a they were wrong as conspiracy, they don't want to listen. And here's why: because a lot of people, well, pretty much most people, they have a little thing in their head that works called fundamental attribution error. Now, for people who don't know what that means, all right, that's actually something you learn in psychology. Fundamental attribution error is when making conspiracy theory up actually makes you feel better. And the reason why is because the randomness the randomness of it happening just doesn't sit well with, with the individual. They, they feel like it's almost like a, a fear. It becomes a fear like, oh, my God, this could happen to me. So they come up with a conspiracy theory going, nope, that thing that happened there was targeted. And I'll give you a prime example. We recently had the collapse of the hotel, the condo, there in Miami. Is that a shot at me right now? No. Uh, <laughs> this is a shot at some people that I heard talking about it that thought that there was a big conspiracy going on that people were actually assassinated. That building was dropped on purpose. And it's because of a – I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to spread this conspiracy. That there was a group of people that was living there that they were targeting. No, that is not what happened. It was a bad structure, they had a lot of issues, and the building collapsed. It was not an if, it was a when, when this whole thing happened. So these people who go out there and they do these conspiracy theories on this, on these type of like tragedies that happen, you're an idiot. You know, there are people that are being affected immediately by the stuff that's happening. They lost a family member, a loved one, a friend, you know, whatever. And 
and you're, you're in a way to me, I think you're. It's almost like you're making fun of it because you're trying to get attention. That I don't like. I I, I hate people who do that. You know, it, as every everything that happens, it's a major tragedy. Has always had some person come out with a conspiracy theory. Sandy Hook being a big prime example. I I I. I. You need to dial back a little bit on that one because I see you getting red in the face. Yeah, I'm and getting mad. like that—that's yeah. a—that's a touchy subject. Calm down. All I'm gonna say okay. is there was no conspiracy behind that. That was a tragedy. Do not make fun of that and make light of it, or make up your own crap to make yourself feel more validated and important by coming up with some stupid conspiracy theory on that. See, I—I I have a little bit different opinion about that one because like I was my my first thought was like that's weird you know the way it fell was weird that that was my first thought about well, it. any tragedy now, out of the norm is always going to feel weird at first yeah let let me let i me mean hell, in the titanic i'm sure made people go i wonder what really happened you know what i mean I'm, yeah. to be honest well, even mean, back then with yeah. all the weird conspiracy theories going around and plus us being in there that's yeah. kind of where my brain goes first because yeah, it's just yeah like i get weird. it you, you definitely and can't then, help it yeah. and the way it fell it looked like a controlled demolition. I mean, I even told you, I'm like, this looks like a controlled demolition. And, I mean, being... We are talking about the Miami incident. We're yeah. not talking about Sandy Hook. Just no, no, no. the no. audience know. I, I'm not even touching Sandy Hook. Don't get... I'm not getting mad. Yeah, yeah. Mad. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I don't want to cuss on the air. Don't want to get fined. Yeah, Sandy, we're not. We're not doing we that. We both are in agreement, and we're throwing this out no. there. Sandy Hook was not a conspiracy. So, for the people who want to say there's a conspiracy theory behind it, let it go. All right, so... But the Miami thing... Yes, yeah. it was. It was such an odd tragedy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was weird. The circumstances around it seemed weird. But after like seeing all the report after report after report after yeah. report yeah. after report after report in the past of like documentation of the structure being weak. First of all, why the heck would you send your people there? Yeah. First of all, exactly. first of all, yeah. Let's let's just put that out there. First of all. Do your research before you send some important dignitaries to a certain place. Make sure that place ain't going to fall down. Yeah, and and, and in the long run, there these people who were referring to these dignitaries being there, there were nope. no dignitaries there. That that was a big it, conspiracy it, that somebody tried to start. What? Yeah, yeah, it was a big conspiracy somebody tried to start, but I, I think people shut it down pretty quick. So yes, what happened in Miami was simply a tragedy. What happened was there was just, yeah you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into all the details because obviously we don't even know all the details, but it's, obviously it was not a man-made created incident. This was because of structure issues and all kinds of stuff. All right. I'm going to caveat to that because being a conspiracy theory nut kind of mm-hmm. like, because like this is kind of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like my good conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. They're kind of fun, except for when they're real well, the ones up. I'll be getting into but, are fun. Okay, good. But, like, it's – I'm not saying don't think critically about something. Don't question things. But on the other hand, think – don't take it too far. If they're – Use logic and common sense. Let let the evidence show you where to go. Don't make the evidence suit your facts. Exactly, and that's exactly what comes down to what I was talking about with fundamental attribution you know, error. That people will take a simplified situation of what happened and read so far into it because the randomness of it happening, there it's a it's almost like a self defense mechanism that they're afraid of. Oh my God, what if that ever happened to me? You know, so they're like, man, you know what? There's got to be something to this. There has to be something. You know, it really is. There are people who actually have this issue. You know, that that this happens to that creates these conspiracy theories. It's it's just crazy. Yes. Chances world. Sorry. All right, move on. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> the next one is about Queen Elizabeth the first. Oh yeah, you know she was shady. <laughs> <laughs> well, when your father is Henry the Eighth and you know, beheads <laughs> oh, a bunch God, of people. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, they they estimated at one time it was like seventy thousand people he beheaded, but that the likelihood in real life it was only like probably a few hundred. Dude, that's like, like that seventy thousand is antichrist <laughs> level beheading, dude. Yeah, like, but like a few hundred makes that any better. But you know, I'm just geez. saying that it was slightly exaggerated to say the least. But here is the the one that's probably going to blow your mind. So Queen Elizabeth I was nicknamed the Virgin Queen. 
Uh, and that's the, not true. <laughs> uh, no, it was actually nicknamed the Virgin Queen because she turned down every marriage proposal that was given to her. And this huh. basically turned into a conspiracy theory. That's awesome. The conspiracy theory being Queen Elizabeth I was a man. Let me go into detail. Shut up. Let me go into detail. Shut up. All right. So. Then how we get Queen Elizabeth II, bro? Oh, just, yeah, you'll find out at the end of my little story. (laughs) See, I should have saved White Rabbit for this freaking show. Good Lord. That's right. All right, so Dracula author Bram Stoker, of all people, uh, visited the village of Abyssaly, where she apparently had died as a child. And allegedly, and this is a very well-believed story in this town, that when the governess who was watching over Queen Elizabeth I at the time when she was a child, uh, Queen Elizabeth actually died while visiting that town. And the governess, knowing who her father was and was really afraid of her losing her head, replaced the child because back then the king really had no- nothing really to do with his children. It was always, here, take care of my children. I have things to do and, you know, my land to run and yada, yada, yada. Really didn't spend much time with his child at all, period. So long story short, that the governess, in fear of getting beheaded from King Henry VIII, <laughs> uh, was uh, pretty much took a young boy from that town who favored Queen Elizabeth in the face, and decided to face. yes, decided to take him under her wing and raise him as a woman. And the reason why is because the resulting things that happened later on in life, such as one, you know, turning down every marriage proposal that came along. Number two, was always known to be, even as a child, with heavy makeup and with wigs. All the time. All the time. Never in public for everyone else to see without heavy makeup on and wigs. And people started wondering, hmm, always turning down marriage proposals? Never seen with anyone else? And on top of it, always basically hiding her face and... You know, covering up with the big wigs and all that. I mean, when you look at the the paintings of Queen Elizabeth from back in the day, it's always very, very high-colored clothing, layered on paint on the face, with very big, you know, accentuated wigs that Queen Elizabeth always wore. Now, here is the truth behind the reasoning on that. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth is on fire. So the truth is that actually Queen Elizabeth... Suffered from smallpox when she was a young child. She had a lot of scars on her face because of the smallpox. Hence why she wore a lot of heavy makeup. Also, back then, she had thinning hair as she got older. And yes, some people may not be aware of this. There are women who actually have gone bald. There are women who can suffer from it too. I forgot what it's called, but they start losing their hair at thins. Mm -hmm. And hence why she wore all the elaborate wigs all the time. Because her hair was thinning and she had all this heavy facial makeup on and everything else to hide her scars from smallpox when she was a child. Now, her reasoning for turning down this proposals, mm, maybe the guys were jerks. Hmm, could be. You know, I mean, there's many different reasonings for why that could have happened. All right. But such as you were saying, as you go on further in detail, you know, the family line continued. Obviously, Queen Elizabeth was not a man. So... Um, but this is one of the, the stories that even all the way up to the times of like Bram Stoker and, and all, you know, in, in more recent history, people believe that Queen Elizabeth was, there's still people who probably believe that story to this day, that Queen Elizabeth was a man. Yeah, and she was tiny too. All the paintings have her like really, 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 really small, really small arms. And then as she gets older, you can kind of see like her uh, poofy sleeves on her stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, it's just the the wear of the times and the well, style I mean, of clothing. Yeah, the, I I see the style of clothing and stuff, but I mean she was. Yeah. Well, like okay, here's the thing. Like some people are talking about. Well, and you can definitely and, tell and, she had a receding hairline even from the um the the paintings and, the and such. Clothing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing that gets me too is because they were saying, well, she always wore these high collar dresses to hide the fact. No, that she didn't. She was a man who were exactly. I was just gonna say that. She has all in, kinds of square cut stuff. Yeah, Adam, you know, had an Adam's apple because she was a he, but. No, actually, there's many, many no. pictures with her with lower-cut dresses on and such. So, yeah. But this is how these crazy things happen. 
It takes a small group of people to come up with some weird story, and it spreads like wildfire. And the next thing you know, half the country starts believing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, look at this when you when you talk about celebrity death. You know, the the hoaxes that happen. Oh, dude, no, no, yep. don't touch it. Don't oh, touch it. No, no don't dude, touch it. Don't. No. Nope. Don't do it. No, this is more recent that was actually funny because the person got texted by a friend of his, and he was like, uh, no, didn't know about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, for our listening audience out there, if you listen to comedians, one of my favorite comedians is Gabriel Iglesias. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a death hoax that came out just a couple of years ago. <laughs> it wasn't even that long ago. It was a couple of years that. ago, yeah, that he died from a heart attack, you know, due to his diabetes and stuff. And so Martin... You know, his right-hand man and, you know, best friend for years was the only one out of his agent, family members, everybody else who had seen the story to call him. And because Gabriel talked about the story on stage. Hey, are you dead? And it's exactly what he said. He goes, are you dead? And he's like, no, I'm good. He's like, all right, just checking. Click. (laughs) And that was it, you know, because he's and then that's when, you know, of course, he told him about the story and everything. And he started seeing it online everywhere. So, yeah, and this happens to, like, celebrities all the time. I see it. There is many, many times, and I'm sure it's happened to all of us, where we thought maybe a celebrity was dead. And then all of a sudden you see him do a movie, like, five or ten years later. And let's say it's, like, a, an, an actor from, like, back in the day, like, 70s and 80s, like, you know, years ago, right? And you thought they'd been dead for a long time. Then all of a sudden you see him pop up in a movie and you're like, I thought they were dead. No, that was another hoax that went out you just happened to read. Dude, so uh, apparently there was one of those about me. From my hometown. Really? That you were dead? Um, yeah, no. I've like, had it happen. Yeah. Probably about, I want to say five, sit now. What year is this? Almost 10 years ago. <laughs> almost 10 years ago. It'll yeah. be 10 years next year. Yeah. Almost 10 years ago, I went up to Carolina for uh, the end of the world, you know, mm-hmm. December 21st, 2012. <laughs> um, but uh, somebody that, like, I bumped into down there that, like, I went to high school with was like, Dude, I thought you were dead. I heard you joined the Navy and died in the Gulf War. I was like, no, like, bro, like, first of all, not in the Navy. I was in the Gulf of Mexico, not the Persian Gulf. (laughs) I was uh, private contracted, and uh, I'm still here, bro. Dude, I had the same thing. When I came home from the military, finally, I actually had bumped into people who was like, dude, I thought you died. I'm like, what do you mean? You thought I died? You know, now granted, yours wasn't like, you know. Or mine wasn't like yours. They thought I died in the military. They thought like you know I had gotten shot by a jealous husband or something. But anyways, <laughs> you know th- there were stories that went around that I was dead because nobody had seen me for years. It's like no, I just didn't like you guys enough to say bye to you when I left and join the military. <laughs> you know? Wow. So yeah. All right. So now we're gonna start getting into our wonderful fairy tales that are crazy conspiracy theories. So have you ever heard of an author called Lewis Carroll? Yes. And what is Lewis Carroll famous for? I don't remember, but I've heard of him. Lewis Carroll is the <laughs> one who wrote The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yes. Uh, okay. So Lewis Carroll is also in real life Charles Dodgson, which is true. That's not made up. For real? Oh, yeah. Alice Car- uh, Lewis Carroll was just a, a pen name. That, that... Well, I did, but uh, proceed. Okay. Proceed. But anyway, <laughs> so Charles, a.k.a. Lewis Carroll, um had wrote this little book, um, not the Alice in Wonderland one, but another one called The Nursery of Alice, okay? There was a gentleman back in 1996, Richard Wallace, who was reading the book and was a huge historian, knew a lot about Lewis Carroll and and all of Lewis Carroll's writings and everything else, and realized that Lewis Carroll was infamous for using anagrams. Now, an anagram is where you write out a word, and then you can rearrange it and turn it into another word, okay? Um, And and (laughs) this is the crazy one that gets to the conspiracy part of it, um, because there's a a lot of actual more information that goes with this, okay? Here's the thing. There is a particular portion in the book, uh, The Nursery of Alice, where it, it it doesn't even fit the scheme of the story, where it's a, a, sec, a section, a paragraph written about um, about this dog and feeding the dog. And when the letters are rearranged, it actually admits to Lewis Carroll admitting to the murders and being Jack the Ripper. No. No, no, no. no. Oh, no. It gets better. 
So, here's the thing. Inside the book, when this gentleman, Richard Wallace, had done all of this, you know, historical fact-finding checks and everything else, uh, also had found out that um, basically he had an accomplice, and the accomplice was Thomas Bain. Thomas Bain was one of the people that they suspected of being Jack the Ripper. Okay. They both, Lewis Carroll and Thomas Jane, had tons of medical books and everything else in their possession in their homes. They were in the vicinity where these murders had taken place. So, did one of them move to Chicago? Here's my thing. Lewis Carroll was not Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I'll put that out there right now. But do you see where this is going, how conspiracy theories start? Because this is a true conspiracy theory that a guy wrote a book about and got it published. That Lewis Carroll and Thomas Bain as an accomplice was Jack the Ripper and committed the murders. All because of Lewis Carroll's fascination with anagrams, which is true. That is a fact. Um, but because of... This guy's inkling of playing around with one certain passage in a book and rearranging the letters to put it together that gave a confession to the murders and saying, yes, I was Jack the Ripper and all this other stuff out of this one paragraph. Okay. And my audience out there for paranormal, especially ghost hunting, you will be familiar with the term matrixing. Matrixing is where to give a a really layman's term of a definition. When you're laying on your back and you're looking at a cloud and someone says, hey, what does that cloud look like? And you're like, oh, that looks like a, a, you know, a, a dolphin and that one looks like a unicorn. All right, that's matrixing. That's seeing something that is not that actual object, but your brain is telling you that that's what it is because your brain is trying to make a similarity out of it and to explain to you what it is. Okay, The brain does not like to not have an answer. It really doesn't, the mm. human brain. Yeah. So in matrixing, there's people that will like, you know, look at a, a shadowy type picture and go, Oh my god, that's a person wearing a you know, a cowboy hat. You know, it's a ghost. Yeehaw. All right, so that's matrixing. It, it's really just a, a blob of a shadow, but their brain is telling them that it looks like this, you know, a, a cowboy in a cowboy hat. All right. So this in a sense is almost matrixing. This is where his brain is taking these letters and putting it together. To come up with this confession to the murders and being Jack the Ripper. And this is this story was written, I mean, you can look it up, 1996, written by Richard Wallace. And this book was published. I don't know the title of it. I don't remember off the top of my head. But, yes, so essentially Lewis Carroll was one of the uh, suspects of being Jack the Ripper. Yeah, no, that one's boring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. So now we're going to get into something funny. Yes, let's do it. We're going to get into tinfoil hats. Yes, let's do it. Yep, we're talking let's about... Let's freaking do it. And I mean literally tinfoil hat. Yes! Because I'm about <laughs> to bust a big myth wide open. I gotta stand up for this Bust one. it wide open. Bust it wide open. All right, here's the thing. All right, you know like, a, let's say the movie Signs, okay? You seen the movie Signs? I love that movie. Okay. All right, so Signs is a movie that stars Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I forgot the kids' names uh, that star in the film. Yeah. All right. So Joaquin Phoenix and the two younger children are the children of, well, actually one's the brother and the other, and the two kids are Mel Gibson's kids. All right. What, Joaquin Phoenix? I thought he was like the brother of Mel no, Gibson's No, go ahead. I'm, I'm, oh, when you shook your head, I thought I was wrong. I'm just shake it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> but there, there is a point in the movie, okay? They think that aliens are coming down. Now, of course, it's an older movie, so I don't care about giving away the plot line. Yes, aliens really are coming down. But one of the things that the kids wind up doing that now the uncle winds up doing now when he starts believing the aliens are coming, they put on these oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tinfoil hats. Remember that? Yep. Okay. And a lot of people talk about when they, they, they make a jest of a, a conspiracy theory person being crazy that, oh, go put on your tinfoil hat. Because a lot of people believe that the tinfoil hat will block out the signals coming in from the aliens so they can't read your mind. Here's the problem with that. It's a good antenna. It's a really good antenna, <laughs> big time. Actually, the the type of megahertz and everything that's used to send signals from space uh, across the water when you're you know transmitting on you know VHF radios and everything. Dude, old school TV. Old school TV, exactly. We used to. I remember when I was a kid and we had the old rabbit ears on top of our TV and oh. had to put aluminum foil on it because Dude, it I was strengthening like the, the antenna. I, I li- so we. Side note: We lived in a ri- well. My mom actually still lives in a river valley. Yeah, and. Uh, Airwaves would literally go over. 
<laughs> we couldn't get TV. That's yeah, why yeah. I didn't watch a lot of TV. Fun fact. Because um, <laughs> we ain't got none. Um, but uh, I literally, like, rigged up because, like, I was super into science, still am. And I had literally rigged up basically a secondary antenna on the extra antenna. Yeah. To, like, amplify the signal. Exactly. <laughs> it, it used to bug me to no end when I'd see this in movies and on television shows about the people, you know, going, oh, my God, the aliens are coming and trying to read my mind, or the CIA is trying to read my mind, and they, they wrap up this tinfoil and they put it on their, their head to make a little hat, not knowing you're actually amplifying signals that are going to be attracted to it. And here's the kicker. Do you know how many people have, and I'm sure by the thousands probably, people around the world who actually have done this, because they're trying to block out these signals that may have actually gave themselves bad health issues because of doing that. Because of amplifying signals coming into their brain directly. Because you got to remember, your brain still works off electrical synapses. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing in frequencies nonstop. EMF will affect a person, uh, which is electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. If somebody is um, EMF sensitive and you wind up creating a really large field around them of EMF, you know, such as an uncovered wire that's got electricity run through it, stuff like that, it can actually cause audible hallucinations, visual hallucinations, rashes. Uh, It can cause them to actually, some people has caused night terrors, sleepwalking, sense of paranoia. And this is why you always get a baseline when you're doing a paranormal investigation. That way you you can find, like... Um, prime example, the one that I know you're going to run to and talk about, this lady had a, uh, a malfunctioning light socket behind her bed, mm-hmm. and she was seeing stuff, hearing stuff, and it turned out, like, the house could have caught fire if yeah. they hadn't have caught that. Like, yeah. she was having crazy dreams, nightmares, night terrors, all kinds of hallucinations. And sense of always being watched yes. every time she went to bed because the because psych- the socket, the light socket or outlet was literally right behind the bed. Well, and that's literally theoretical. This a theory that's out there that, you know how like you kind of feel somebody walk in the room. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's almost like a shark. Yeah, that's how we sense people. Yeah, you know, it, it's that's theoretical that we had that sixth sense. That's yeah. legit. That's the reason why. Excuse me, sorry. That's the reason why like you can actually close your eyes and have somebody take your hand and put it in front of your face. Now, sure, it's their hand is blocking some of the light, so you will see the shading behind your eyelids and know that something's coming. But even in the dark, you do this. That sometimes you can feel it yeah. when it gets close to your face, that hand. And it's because of the EMF field that's coming off. We produce EMF as, mm-hmm. as human beings. We produce it all over our bodies. You know, uh, We do produce an electrical charge throughout our body, all right? Hence, like, static electricity and when it gets cold and stuff like that. Um, but here's the thing. So when people are doing this with this tinfoil, you are not stopping the situation. You're actually increasing the situation and making it worse. And, you know... There's only a handful of people I brought that up to before, but since we were talking about conspiracy theories and the tinfoil hat immediately came to my mind, I'm like, you know what? This is a good time to bring this up. So, yes, if you are into conspiracies and you think aliens are reading your mind, please quit using aluminum foil on your head. It's not going to work. Use an insulator. Yes. Get a helmet. There. You, yeah, just get a helmet. You know, I, I don't care what you do. Just quit wearing aluminum foil on your head. All right. The other thing is conspiracy theory. Because we don't have a whole lot of time left. So conspiracy conspiracy theory itself. A lot of people think that the CIA created that term back in 1967, and they used it in order to confuse people after the JFK assassination. What happened? They, the, a lot of people believe that the, the, the CIA came up with the term conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. back in 1967. They well, said, I think it was before that. It was um, – is that the same era as Vietnam? I don't remember. Hold on. <laughs> In 1967, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because they were also experimenting on soldiers with LSD at that point in time. Okay, that is a con- – I'm talking about the term conspiracy theory. Yeah. The, the word itself. No, that uh, – just let me finish here real quick. Yes, sir. So conspiracy theory, a lot of people believe, came out from the CIA in 1967 after the JFK assassination because a lot of people weren't buying into what they said. Uh, they said, of course, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone and was the one who assassinated Kennedy. A lot of people didn't believe that story, you know, and I'm sure we've all heard it, you know, the second gunman on the grassy knoll and so on and so forth. All right. The thing is, that alone is conspiracy theory. They said that CIA created that word because they would say, oh, they're conspiracy nut. Don't listen to them. They're throwing out conspiracy theories. And that, and they say that they're the ones who coined it. No, they just kind of brought it back to the forefront back then. Conspiracy theory has actually been around since like the 1800s. It's been around for a long time. 
that was not a word created or a term created by the CIA. It was not created by the CIA. There is an actual in books and everything else in print where this word has been around since like the 1800s. Um, so, yes, it did become a little more frequently used publicly, you know, during that time after the JFK assassination because of all the people who believe that JFK was involved with the mob, you know, that the mob took him out. Um, that it was, you know, people actually inside the government who took him out, you know, that didn't believe in his policies and was trying to get rid of him. You know, I mean, there are so many different reasons, conspiracy theories, and yada, yada, yada out there. But one of the biggest ones that they said was, well, people who don't believe that is because they believe what the CIA said because they were calling everybody conspiracy theory nut jobs and this, that, and the other. They're the ones who, no, they did not create the term conspiracy theory. That's been out, like I said, for, you know, uh, well over 100 years, a couple hundred years. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so anyways, we're almost out of time. we only got a couple of minutes left here. So my thing is, at the end of the day, with conspiracy theories, when you hear something that just sounds a little off, it probably is. And what I mean by that is when you hear somebody going, well, the reason why uh, this uh person was killed was because they were connected to yada 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 more than likely they probably were not (laughs) so if it sounds very very strange it's probably somebody making something up do your own research there we go that's what i was going to lead to i was like look trust but verify i mean that that is the name of the game especially in today's world that is the name of the game because in what was it i think it was 2014 uh, propaganda was re-legalized into one of the bills we passed back then. So, oh, oh don't get me wrong, man. You, propaganda you, you, is used you never everywhere. Know what yeah. you're going to hear? So trust but verify. Do your own research. Don't listen to us. Look it up. Yeah. Google it. I do it on a regular basis, right in front of Chance's face here the whole time. I'm yeah. looking up. Google. I'm verifying. Go to a library. <laughs> Open a book. <gasps> Books. Yeah. Books are a fabulous form of getting information. A lot better than the internet sometimes by a long shot because. Most of the things probably written in books is probably true, opposed to what you're reading on the internet. Yep, I feel like there's going to be a part two to this. Oh, there absolutely like, will be because um, when you hear the when you hear the the weird story, the AKA conspiracy theory coming from mm, Facebook or Twitter, yeah, please quit buying into it. Do your own research. I don't care what it's about: religion, politics, a comedian, an actor, actress, uh, a baseball player, your average person, a politician, whatever. Just do your own research. I have a correction. It was the Smith Munt Act of 2012 okay. that legalized propaganda. Well, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. So I was uh, wrong. Oh, yeah. Trust me, man. The <laughs> media outlets and, I mean, the media outlets, you know, are infamous for being used as propaganda machines, I mean, for decades. This ain't anything recent. Oh, yeah. Um, it's irritating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's times that, yes. And I, this is why the ratings tank and people are looking to, like, normal people to report what's going on. And, and, the, and the scary part is, well, just look at all the crazy stuff that happens in the world today. There's not a whole lot of normal people that you need to be listening to. <laughs> yeah. Some of the people you may think are normal. Mm, nope. Because put it this way. Jeffrey Dahmer was known as being a really great neighbor. <laughs> so there you go. And that's a true story. I know. I know. Yeah. I I had to do a research paper on Jeffrey Dahmer, Jack the Ripper, like all these guys. Dude, like even his neighbor on the news the day they arrested Jeffrey Dahmer and took him in, his neighbor was going, he was such a quiet and happy young man. I, I would never see this coming. Yeah. Now, if it was me, everybody would be like, <clears throat> we knew he'd snap. <laughs> you know? <laughs> on a regular basis. I know, right? So, yeah, I mean, trust me. You know, when, when you see this stuff, especially on social media, please don't take it at face value. And, and especially start retweeting it or sharing it or whatever. Look into it before you put it out there and really confirm. All right. So that's our, our PSA for the day about conspiracy theories. Yep. Okay. I think it's time for us to shag on out of here. Shag on out of here, really? I had to use a turn because we're listening to some old music today. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Have a great weekend.